0: Hey guys, and girls, and everybody. This is Lisa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like the Bitch Seat going keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Hey, what up, campers? Rise and shine. Rise and shine and stuff. And all that garbage. Yeah. This is the Bitch Seat Podcast. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm Lissa. I'm Phil. And uh, today on the podcast, I'm very excited to say... Uh, We will be having uh, mums on. And for those of you who don't know, this man has built his whole life on poetry. And so he is a personal hero of mine uh, because, you know, what a schmaltzy poet I was when I was a wee thing. So um, I'm excited. Yeah,
1: Um, I am. I'm actually I'm excited because as a child, as a teenager growing up in the with the most discomfort up to that point in middle school, I used to watch Oz Oz. All the fucking time because I was like, "Oh yeah, I understand what it is to be in prison. I'm in middle school
0: <laughs> in a New Jersey I suburb. I get made fun of
1: all the time for liking things that are out of style. Yeah, like well, that's what where...
0: makes art universal because you can it's feel true. for the characters regardless.
1: And I and I really I really appreciated Mum's character because he seemed the more pure-hearted one and the least in the weird subplots involving people being buried between walls and shit. Like (laughs) he seemed like he had had a pretty easy going time uh, for somebody in prison for a very long time. So if you're just tuning in, this is the bitch seat, like we mentioned. And And, uh, uh,
0: if you want to subscribe, you can do so on iTunes or Google play. You can listen at the bitchseatpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore, bitch underscore seat. We also have a brand new Instagram feed, which is the bitch seat, and we're on Facebook too. So all of that crap that we have to say in order to remain relevant—let's
1: say we're saying it right we're now. We're saying it now, and uh, and you know, and
0: yeah. this, this is our last uh, recording before we it. jet back to LA. <sighs> yeah, this is it, and um, and so that our brains can dribble out of our ears, uh, and form a puddle in the Silver Lake Reservoir, which is still dry. Now nah, uh, we're eighty-four percent out of it. We're 84% out of the drought. It's it's true. It's true. We brought that. We did we that. We brought the
1: rain. Yeah. That was us. It was, it's it was good for them. It wasn't the people before us from New York who moved in November who'd been there for No, it was m- definitely
0: us. Yeah, it was and definitely us. And in fact, us. when we showed up a week ago in New York, we brought the good weather. So yep. you're all welcome and we are God. Okay. So today I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read from, uh, what do you call this? Untitled? Unplugged? Unplugged. I call it unplugged. Uh, the notebook that is now completely, it's a composition notebook Uh, And the front is completely detached from the back. Uh, It's not even pretending to be a complete notebook. And it is. uh, I I wrote it in August of 1995 when I was in Maine. So uh, so, Phil, what interesting things were happening in August of 95?
1: Really cool things. One, my brother, Nicholas Casale, was born August 14th, 1995. Uh, That was really cool.
0: He's a grown up now. He's a
1: grown up. That's weird. He can legally drink. It's so strange. Um, Also, I mean, we don't have a date. So take your pick for the number one song. It's either Waterfalls by TLC or Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Damn, I you have to pick. pick? One. You have to pick one. Well, I would go with. I'm going to go with Waterfalls. I know you
0: are because I have to go with Kiss from a Rose because I'm a schmaltzy motherfucker, and that's the first slow dance I ever had really? to that song. Um, yes, very uh, important
1: at the time. Also, one of the number one movies was Mortal Kombat the movie because I remember I went there when my mom was in labor. I went to go see that. Uh, the really? They were like,
0: they were like, S- you're about to not be the youngest child anymore. So we're going to just take your mind off the fact that you're about no, to be like- the middle child and send you to this fighting. Movie. OK,
1: I'm remembering it differently. There was he was late by like a week. So during that time, like they would send me to the movies
0: <laughs> every day. I don't know. It why. It could be today.
1: Yeah. My cousin would just drive me. We go to the movies. But at the time, Usual Suspects was blowing up. I couldn't see it because I was like 10. Uh, Desperado, something to talk about and Dangerous Minds. Oh, Um, shit.
0: Right? Yeah, the 90s was a dark time. It really was. It was was. a dark
1: time, but it was also like, none of these are based on comic books or other movies. These are all like original movies that happened and were passed through the studio system and shot and released. That doesn't
0: happen anymore, does it? Doesn't really.
1: Doesn't really. So you got to appreciate it. Appreciate it while it's there. And also, you know, I just referenced seeing the Mortal Kombat adaptation. So whatever. You know, I'm a hypocrite.
0: Well, when, uh, when my little brother was born, when I was three and a half, my parents distracted me by giving me a strawberry shortcake doll, which they promptly regretted because the doll was like scented to yeah. be like strawberries, but it wasn't, it was like plastic mm-hmm. wax, strawberry flavor.
1: My, my sister and my cousin had all of them and they all just like, they would, they would sit in the same basket, uh, with like the, the house, which also had scents and I, sorry. Oh, yeah, got move, move. Sorry, producer. Good. Um, and it would all have these scents and they would just be like just a scented basket of plastic. Yep. Because none of it, none of it retained plastic the Plastic basket.
0: That's another improv team name.
1: Yeah. Plastic basket.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's,
1: let's see let's what you got. Let's get to this.
0: This is a really short, uh, it's really short. And I wrote it when I was standing on the dock in Maine and everything was covered in fog. And all I like to do is describe <laughs> things all day long. So this is what I wrote when I was, uh, I don't know. What was I in 96? You were, 13? you were
1: 14 or 13. You were 13. 13? If I was 12, you were 13.
0: Yeah. The world ends here, where the last slivers of color dance away into the fog. As the mists from water and sky come together to form a wall of gray. The world ends here, where the animation of God's creation is sucked into the spacious nothingness, draped with rippling sadness as it is carried away through a tunnel of blinding invisibility. The world ends here. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. I know. That was I was I was having a moment of brevity.
1: That's great. That's some real brevity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no cash in in that.
0: There's no cash in. You know, it's funny because when you said that I thought of cash in, but that's cash not what you're talking in. about. You
1: never got to cash in on that on cash. I in. never got to
0: cash in on cash in. Um uh yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, Oh, don't we miss that bell? By the way, I really miss uh, this specific bell. Silly putty, if you if you want it, you're yeah. welcome to use any of these. Yeah, if, you, if you're um, if you're a fiddler. So uh, like, uh, so uh, wait, you, you were in fiddler? Huh? You were in fiddler, right? No,
1: I always wanted to be. You though. never were Tevya? No, my school, my my town was very Catholic and Irish. They they would not. So was my Jews town. scare them. Like really, if you think like if it's not a sunday thing you celebrate christmas it's it's not like boring middle of america cuz you know they all really wanted to assimilate into basic being a basic white town so no there was none of that we even alter, they tried to do the king and i but then they realized there were legal implications with making with not having as many asians in the school and trying to do that show and having to like do stuff to us
0: Oh, yeah, there are definitely some legal implications.
1: Yes. So they, they backed off of that, but that was like 99.9% almost about to happen in my school.
0: Well, you know, when we did a chorus line in my school and I played Connie because Connie sings the song about being four foot ten. Yeah. But in the original chorus line, uh, Connie is Asian. And yeah. so, and there are lyrics therein that pertain to that. So there's a special alternate Connie track. In the back of the script. I
1: know. I, I, I did a chorus line and our had to do the same exact thing that you did. It was like summer summer camp. That was it was all about summer camp or something like that.
0: No, it's just about being four foot ten. That's the story of my life. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. I don't remember. Who cares? Who cares? Anyway, we're, we're living in the present now. We're living in the present now uh, in the presence of greatness. And, uh, our guests, uh, as we've br- brought up earlier, um, Mums, born Craig grant in the Bronx, uh, was poet on HBO's Oz. Uh, he's more recently been on Horace and Pete, which is fucking baller, On uh, Luke cage. Uh, I know him, uh, from when I was working at labyrinth theater company. He is a labyrinth company member and he is a playwright, uh, and a poet. And, uh, there was one time when we were at uh, when we were in residence at the Public, and there was a reading of the play A View from 151st Street that Labyrinth did, and uh, and Mums had these like sweeps of beautiful words, and there's like it's a staged reading, so there's no set or anything to distract you, and it was like you could hear a fucking pin drop. It was amazing. So I am very excited to welcome Mums onto the show. So uh. We see Mums on a park bench looking out over the river, and yeah. uh, he's got a yo-yo. Yeah, it's and, a yo uh, It's a yo-mega.
1: I love those. Okay.
0: And he's walking, as, watching as the dogs pass by and the people. And the people are kind of all in their own worlds, but every dog that walks by looks at Mums right in the eye and is like, I see you. I know who you are. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the Bitch Seed Moms. I am in the Bitch Seed. You are. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you for having me. Oh,
0: my God. I'm so happy to have you. Uh, Because uh, so like as the listeners know uh, about the show, I grew up dying to live in New York, like with Mm. a like very, very badly. And my parents are from New York from Queens Oh But I grew up uh, In southern Connecticut Which is the most Boring place In the earth And I hated it so much And you got to grow up here
2: Yeah And I want to hear Well southern Connecticut Is a tri-state area so, Yeah Well yeah. yeah
0: I grew up coming here You but watch
2: eyewitness news Exactly yeah, that happens i <laughs> exactly.
0: accidentally
1: Wound up in southern Connecticut Meaning to stay in New Jersey So like
0: <laughs> Yeah it's just It's I mean my town Had a lot of farms in it And oh. it had a lot of soccer yeah. players And yeah. it just wasn't really my <laughs> soccer speed Soccer players yeah. and farms Guilford was like the number one soccer team. I didn't know like that. we went we were all state. yeah, uh-huh. I wasn't ever. The closest I ever got to playing sports was being the manager of the track team, uh, which I did one season and was like goodbye
2: yeah
0: but so so you grew up in the Bronx. I grew
2: up in the Bronx, yeah, New York my whole life
0: and what was the what was your family situation? Were you an only child? Did you have other kids around you?
2: I have a well i have a I have an older brother mm-hmm. who um who, him and I don't share a father, mm-hmm. but we share a mother. Mm-hmm. And he lived with us. He was my, he's my brother. I mean, you know. That's and was he, brother.
0: was he your hero when you were younger?
2: No, we would wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he was my hero. He might, eh, kinda. Eh. That's why
0: right, you were your own person. You're I like, like, I yeah, don't need any heroes.
2: I just wanted to get, I just, you know, I remember being a toddler living out in front of the, um, living in a tenement in the Bronx off of mm-hmm. Tremont Avenue. And, uh, and Clinton, uh, Clinton Avenue in Tremont. And mm-hmm. I remember we would play outside. Everybody would sit outside in the summertime in the stoop. And all I wanted to do was get from the stoop to Tremont Avenue. That's mm-hmm. it. That was my dream in life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to walk by myself to the corner.
0: And how old were you when you were finally allowed to do that? Oh, Oh, so you had big dreams starting when you were, like, real little. Yeah,
2: oh, dude! before I could walk, there were big dreams. There were big dreams.
0: (laughs) So when you were – God, I always wanted a stoop so badly. I can't even tell you. Growing up watching Sesame Street, I was like, why don't I have a stoop? Um, Did you start – like, how old were you when you started with the poetry? Because it's such a huge part of you and your persona and everything.
2: You know, it's funny – People have asked me that mm-hmm. poetry for me goes back to I remember writing poetry in elementary school, like mm-hmm. early elementary school, mm-hmm. like first to third grade or like, something. And like you that. did
0: it on your own time or you did it as assignments? I think I did it as
2: assignments. And there was a point where it just kind of went away and everything was rap for me. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, you know, I guess, you know, I did um, elementary school. Up until like 1980. 1980, I started junior high school. Mm-hmm. So junior high school was like everything, 78, 79, everything was about rap. Mm-hmm. Rap music, anything, everywhere. So poetry, I wasn't young enough. I mean, I wasn't old enough at mm-hmm. that point to connect rap and poetry. So but I it just, is
0: the same. It is
2: this it is the same. Yeah. It is the same. But um No, I remember there was a girl in elementary school. I remember I would write a poem or two for For her. Yeah. Did
0: she respond? Did you get positive responses?
2: She never got the poetry. I was too scared to give it to her. Oh,
0: you wrote it for yourself. And then you, yeah.
2: Frances Millette is her name.
0: Frances, if you're listening. Yeah. You launched a fucking career. She
2: she damn sure did. (laughs) She damn sure did. And she also made me chase this girl that looked like her for years. And I, <laughs> him, so I got her and I dated her for like six years. Yeah. And then it didn't work out, but it, it was. Well, yeah, because the whole the
0: whole six years you were like, you're not actually Francis. You're not Francis.
2: You're somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: oh, my God. Well, yeah. yeah, I guess I guess I guess love is usually the reason that poetry begins. Love is, is the thing.
2: reason a lot of things begin. I mean, know. yeah. Wars. <laughs> oh, uh, yep. Buildings get built because of love. (laughs) Podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Boom.
0: All right. So, so. (laughs) I mean, it's true. I guess this did. It came from love. I think it also emerged from desperation and curiosity. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's love and curiosity. Sure. Curiosity is because there's a fear there, but you're, you're, you're going through anyway. And that's probably because there, you think there could be. Love. If if there's only two things, I feel like there's more love than fear and curiosity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. There's
2: more love than fear and curiosity.
0: I'm gonna just write it down. Yeah, I think for for later.
2: That needs to be archived.
0: Okay. (laughs) Thank you. So
2: we're recording. OK, right. so you finally
0: so you finally made it to Tremont Ave when My, you're six. I
2: finally did. I finally I finally got there.
0: And then once you were there, like at what point were you starting to feel like the bubbling of like, oh, I need to explore. I need to see the whole city like I need to because at some point you live in the city like there's so much to see. Did yeah. the curiosity draw you well, out? You into know, it?
2: I mean, there's a thing about you know, especially when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, you know, people in the Bronx. Did not venture downtown. Really? I mean, you know, we have the two train and the four train and the D train mm-hmm. and they all will cart you to work, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, back then, nobody was really like, oh, I'm going to go downtown. Mm-hmm. You and know? Just hang out. Yeah. We just people in the Bronx stayed in the Bronx. People in Brooklyn stayed in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. There was Big borough rivalry, Mm -hmm. you know, and as a Bronx person, I never went to Brooklyn. I didn't go to Brooklyn until my adulthood.
0: Yeah. But you never anticipated when you were little.
2: No. Brooklyn? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh,
0: see, you're the person I want to talk to because you got to live in New York when New York was still... The New York that I always wanted to come to. When New
2: York was the New York of the movie The Warriors. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Yes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have a T-shirt that I got at a secondhand store. That's It's just a red T-shirt with that says Warriors across the back. And oh, yeah. it's just
2: yeah, my team. That was real.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite snack
2: when you were little? Oh, now and laters. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Those things get so stuck in my teeth though. Yeah, mm-hmm. but for
2: some reason, I don't know. Back then, now and later's. Did you and trade them? You suck on them. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Weird, but anyway, <laughs> now and later's and quarter quarter waters, quarter the, waters, the, the juice. It'd be like oh, the, the little S- the
0: dynamite, the barrel shaped. Yeah, ones? the barrel
2: shaped juices that were a quarter. Oh, it was just sugar water. I know my mother would never slavery. let me drink them. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that
0: was a thing, like. I, when you grow up in the suburbs, you can't get anything because you don't have a car.
2: Yeah. But yeah. if you
0: live in the city, you can just walk to the corner See, and get something. A bodega. Yeah, man. We just moved to L.A. a couple
1: hurting. of months ago, and we are hurting oh, for bodegas. all 7-Elevens
2: or gas stations. That's why I don't like L.A., because there are no bodegas. Seriously. That's serious. It's, that's a real thing. Yeah. My bodega is 24 hours. That's
0: very important. And it it's your
2: bodega. And it's my bodega. Yeah. I go in, and he goes, hey, I got <laughs> hey, the, bo- the bodega cat comes up and yep. rubs agri- against yep. my mm-hmm. leg and I also got the 24 hour Jamaican restaurant yeah. around the corner from my house yeah
0: we have a 7-Eleven and that's oh, about we have uh, a tight
2: place uh, it's not 24 hours it's not 24 hours we have a
0: really shitty 24 hour diner like it's like whoa, it's like bet, scary like they had a big you. bowl uh, with like a mountain of butter in it with like several knives stuck in it yeah. on the counter with flies uh, the know?
2: infestation of 7-Elevens into New York Was a, I mean, the day I saw the first 7 Eleven here was sad.
0: Do you remember how old you were?
2: Oh, it wasn't that long ago. (laughs) It might have been the late 90s. I don't even, I I think it was in the 2000s.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, because I kind of ignore, I kind of ignore. Chain stores and restaurants in New yeah. York because because you can because you can because you, yeah. you can live your life not going to them. Yeah. But in L A, it's like you're still like you have this is to. It. No,
2: we got a Walmart coming. I think. No, no, no. I, no, no. I thought New York kept target. voting it down. We got a target coming. It's in, a Target. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Tar- they already have a Target. There's in a Brooklyn. Target
0: at Barclays, but it's totally yeah. picked over. Well, the downtown yeah.
1: has been completely there in yeah. two years. That place is just going to be like just fucking yuppie haven. Yeah, yeah. But um, that used to there's a Target and a Trader Joe's is opening. Across the way. I like the Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, not bad. Not bad. And also the Alamo Draft House is above it. Oh. Alamo Draft House is like... That's pretty cool. Pretty, yeah, that's yes. pretty
2: cool, and okay. we got a, and we got a Whole Foods coming on one hundred twenty fifth Street. Oh shit! Yes.
0: So the rents will continue. The to rents go up. will
2: continue. They to will continue go up. forever. Actually, the moment they put up the Whole Foods sign, yeah. the rents went up. Yep. I'm
0: not surprised. It's
2: ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But not in the Bronx, baby.
0: <laughs> 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 I lo- I love it. So you still live up there? I still
2: live up there. I, I still that. live in the house that I. Uh, that um, that we moved to in 1980. So, oh, that's wow. amazing. Yeah, 37, 37, years I've been in that house. That's well, awesome. I mean, I've been in and out of that house. I've moved. I was living in L.A. for a few years. I mm-hmm. lived in Harlem for almost 10 years. Um, but then I'm, you know, I'm, I moved back to the house. I took care of my mother for a while, mm-hmm. and then I put her in a nursing home a few years ago, and um, I moved my girlfriend. So
0: How does that feel Like when you're in that house Cause the house that I grew up in Is still where My parents live And where my brother lives And yeah. when I go there I can't help but, but travel back in time And like you just feel Just layers and layers And layers of history Yeah Um, Which is a little bit too much for me, which is why like every few years I need a new space. But you're back still in this space. I'm still
2: I'm still. Well, I mean, that's adulthood now. That's I mean, I'm I'm 48 years old now. So I've been through all of that. Yeah. Now I'm in the process of, um, you know, cleaning through the history.
0: And how does that, you know, getting rid
2: of stuff? Yeah.
0: How does that feel?
2: It's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's taken me three years and we still haven't cleaned out everything. Yeah. Um, I'm still coming across you know, my mother has Alzheimer's disease, right? Ugh, I'm sorry. So when I go to see her now, she can she doesn't speak. Um, you know, she barely eats. she's just laying in the bed. But for me to come across a book in the house mm-hmm. with her handwriting in it mm-hmm. is emotional yeah. because she just doesn't write anymore. Like- my mother used to write a lot
0: was she like a creative writer
2: uh, after she after she uh, retired from being a teacher mm-hmm. yeah she was a creative writer she was she was trying to write uh, um, her her biography oh wow yeah, so just, she encouraged you in she your encouraged writing. me she well you know i started my creative writing before her mm-hmm. but she okay always, she, so she, you encouraged she, her yeah she said that it came from her and <laughs> yeah
0: she wants to take some credit for <laughs> it of course that. she
2: took the credit she's <laughs> like you got it all from me you know, it's all good. Of she course. can have it.
0: <laughs> right. Well, so you uh, you have a play uh, coming out. And if you want to talk about it a little bit so we can lead into this, uh, what you brought to oh. share with us. Oh,
2: boom. That would be boom. Um, I do. I have a play called Sucker MC and it's my solo show. Um, it first premiered in 2014 with the Labyrinth Theater Company. And now it's going up at the uh, National Black Theater um, from April 26th to April 30th. Awesome. It's just, uh, what, six days? What is that, four days? Four,
0: five, four, counting five, the 26? Five,
2: Yeah, five days, six shows in five days. So and, if you're uh,
0: in New York... If, Seriously.
2: Yes. Go Check see us it. Out.
0: Please do a- it for me.
2: April 26th through April 30th at the National Black Theater. A sucker MC. It's about me growing up mm-hmm. in the Bronx, mm-hmm. wanting to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. My whole entire exam- In fact, the reason that I am an actor and a playwright and what else do I do? Oh, and a poet mm-hmm. is, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to be a rapper at some point and I really tried to do it.
0: I was going to say, like, did that ever end up, like, floating to the surface? Because definitely I think of you as a poet. Like, I just think it's so refined Mm -hmm. what you do. And rap can be a little bit more, like, messy, I guess, sometimes. Yeah. And uh, uh, do you feel like you ever hit that stride? No,
2: I never hit it. (laughs) I never hit it. Even when I go try to write a rap, like, a friend of mine sent me music. And I'm there trying to write rhymes and, you know... And not to, dis- not to disrespect rap music, mm-hmm. hip hop music, but, like, I tried to make it mindless and, like, just mm-hmm. empty and full of bra- bragging and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, my thing, my, you know, I'm this, I'm that. And it just ventured into the world is ethereal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> ventured into this yeah. existential place. Yep. And I couldn't help but follow that. <laughs> you have to. You that's have where to. it's that's taking you. Way, you know? And that's the difference. I mean, I, I, I mean, for me, that's the thing. I, I, I feel like I have to say something. Yes. You know, I have to answer these questions that are like going in my head about the world. Yeah, absolutely. I'm you know? there to be. Reflected upon, you gotta figure out what what yeah. the what's and the whys. You have to figure it out. Yeah, no, rap is for me. Yeah, yo, I got the biggest this and, the,
1: it's and an my ego. Car game. And
2: yeah, my ego don't need all of that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's like any like any like rock and roll. It's
1: like I got money. Let's, I'm gonna get laid. That's like the fifties of yeah. rock and roll too. Yeah. Like it's always yeah. the people start there, they stay there, or they go outwards. Yeah. You know, into the other I thing.
0: was just thinking yesterday. So, like, I had this argument with my friend Joe a couple of years ago about poetry versus stand-up. Mm. Uh, and at the time, I hadn't started stand-up at all, and I was still identifying as, like, a creative writer. And I, well, I wanted to be a poet when I was little, but that didn't happen because comedy kept, like, hitting me on the head. But yeah. uh, we had this argument about it where I was like, poetry is a real art form, and stand-up is not, and which is obviously ridiculous. I remember her then. Yeah. So... But I realized yesterday that I think maybe the reason why I do more comedy now and not poetry is because I'm lazy.
2: Mm. Because
0: I really think that poetry requires another level of thought because you have to select every word so carefully. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and it's
2: so funny, you know, and I go back to my show in regards to that. Mm-hmm. My show is the same length as a poetry special. I mean, as a as a comedy special. hmm And, you know, I was trying to pitch it to HBO, you know, like this is the same thing. It's the same thing. You know, when I used to be on the road Mm -hmm. performing, I was performing with comics. Mm -hmm. It would be comedians and poets. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't that much difference. The only difference I see is that I'm not forced to make people laugh. Right. I can make people laugh. That's not a thing, but I'm not forced to. They're not sitting there with their arms crossed waiting to, you know. Like, where are your
0: jokes? yeah, Yeah, where are
2: the jokes? But it's, so it's natural. It's a nice place to be. In. And of course, yes, every word is very specific. There's no ahs and ums. You know, I'm very tight with the words. Right. But yeah, I mean, like, I, there's a lot of laughter in my play. Sure. It arises yeah. from truth. Yeah. And there are tears. There are mm-hmm. tears. But good comedians do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Good oh, comedians yeah. will make you cry, mm-hmm. you know, and then laugh at the, in the very next second. This is know? why
0: Eddie Pepitone.
2: He's yeah, my guy. Do yeah. you know Eddie Pepitone? Is he the Italian guy? Is it
0: yeah, kind he's of? He's a curmudgeonly uh, dude. He's uh,
2: like
1: nicknames the Bitter Buddha. Yeah, yes. yes. I think I've seen oh, him. Oh, he's, yeah.
0: he's got a great podcast great he, he
1: just. He gets so deep and in there and then he can go right back into it. Yeah. Because he's so familiar with the form of comedy that he could actually like.
0: Rubber band away from it. Yeah. And come and
2: it's the same with Louis CK. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you saw a Horace and Pete,
0: mm-hmm. I mean,
2: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Oh my Jesus God. There's a lot of cry. There's <laughs> a lot of pain. <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> pain. Yeah.
2: You know, and most good comedians that I know, like if you sit and talk with them, like in real life, there's a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. <there's
0: laughs> sure. It, that's yeah. why it has to come out there's somewhere, pain. you know? I lot. mean, if you become an accountant, you can't express that shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, would you uh, care to read oh a little excerpt for us, please?
1: Hey, read. For, is this for Francis?
0: Do it for Francis.
2: Do it for Francis. <laughs> no, like. Um, or
0: or you know it from memory.
2: Right before I, like like I think it was like the tail end of high school,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, right before going to college because I did go to college. I went I went to college. I never, you know graduated but i went mm-hmm. um there was a time where uh, i was in a we had a crew up in the I like i said we grew up in a time where it was all gang culture mm-hmm. so there was always like a crew of us and we call ourselves something mm-hmm. we all lived on the same block which was brunner ave so we called ourselves the ave posse
0: and <laughs>
2: and we we were doing a lot of dancing
0: mm-hmm. we
2: would dance at the you know clubs um down in the city actually Mm -hmm. i would come down we would have very few be you know the rare few that would come down adventure adventure down onto on the weekends and i was a big club head i used to go to all the clubs and we would dance and i we went to i don't know if you remember um well you don't remember there's a (laughs) a petco on 17th street Mm -hmm. and uh and Union Square West.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, I know exactly where that the is. The Petco. Mm-hmm. So that Petco used to be a club called Union Square, mm-hmm. where I saw Dougie Fresh. Oh my god. And <laughs> and, and um. KRS One, that's where KRS One <sighs> recorded South Bronx. Oh my South, God, South you're Bronx, so lucky. South Bronx, and um, I saw Dana Dane there.
0: Oh my God! And
2: we almost, be- our crew, we would go there so much that we almost became the Union Square dancers, and we had this routine that we would do uh-huh. on the dance floor. It was like seven of us. And we do this routine and girls loved it and everybody was like, Oh, yo, that's the F. <laughs> how, <laughs> had, how old were
0: you at this time? <sighs>
2: 17, okay. 18 Yeah. So it it was um, yeah, this might have been eighty, eighty-five, eighty-six, mm-hmm. yeah, around there. And uh, we had a we had a chant that we, that my boy All right. My boy Jay Disco made up. That <laughs> was his name, Jay Disco. He was the best dancer <laughs> in the crew. And he was like our leader, leader, and his name was Johnny Warrell. We call him J Disco because he was the best dancer. And um, it, was, it was like, We got money. Where's the women? <laughs> we don't crack it up. We got disco in our system. <laughs> Ladies hang with us. Hey, maybe because they love us. Come cool and collected. Place nothing above us. Disco all every night hey if that music's pumping don't sit back and relax get your ass up and do something <laughs> and that was our chant that's oh awesome God, yes. and we, 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 we would chant that because back then you can actually smoke a like blunt on the back of the two train oh, we'd get in the last car of the two train and we'd all smoke up in the bronx as we're going down and then we put on somebody, oh, we didn't have any music, but we do that chant. <laughs> and then we'd be practicing <laughs> dancing in the, in the last car The two train Yeah.
0: I was just thinking yesterday When I was on that horrible New Jersey transit train And we were stopped dead For like 40 minutes Fuck. And the door was open Between cars And I was like I wonder if I could just Bring my one hitter right there Like yeah. is somebody gonna stop me Yeah no I mean that is a plus About Los Angeles I have to say yeah, There's, there's yeah. not a
1: care In the world anymore yeah. It's like it's It's gonna be legal next year But it may as well Have been legal years ago Yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> So yeah.
0: this chant You did this chant While you were doing the dance Oh yeah
2: Oh yeah. That's Oh yeah. That's
0: so you had like a whole, fans and stuff. The the,
2: the, the dance club. was called a sneak where we would kind of like sneak around the club <laughs> in in that's, unison. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> it, it was it was a, it was a really like creative time. I mean, not to get serious, but
0: Yeah, get serious. It was
2: it was a time where, you know, you had the freedom to create. Kind of <laughs> like the beginning of my poetry mm-hmm. career. Excuse me. Um you had the freedom to create because you weren't thinking that it was ever going to make you money, you know?
0: See, and that is something that I really miss. I I mean, I I really miss that about just being a kid because, um, I, I, that's, now that, that that's always in the back of my mind, like someday I want to someday I want to support myself, you know, yeah. someday I need to make money. It's like I always have that like business marketing chatter in the yeah. back. And so I can't fully be free to yeah. create. But when you're little, you don't have to worry about that shit yet.
2: Yeah. I was working in a hospital. I was I was a nurse's aide in a hospital. I used in to your take, teens? No, no, no. In um, when I started doing poetry, uh-huh. when I started, I started doing poetry because I needed a place. I was in a rap group. Um, and the rap group kind of folded, but I still wanted to rap Mm -hmm. and I had never performed on the stage. So I started like, I I asked my aunt because my mother was like, what are you going to do with your life? And I was thinking about going to, um, um, to nursing school. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was working in the hospital. They've been there like two two years already. Mm-hmm. And they were going to send me to nursing school for free. And I was like, I don't know. My mother, was, what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> and I went to my godmother, who was a little younger than my mother. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to be a rapper. She's like, OK. You know, my mother was like, get out of here, <laughs> a dreamer. But her boyfriend at the time used to go to the New Eurekan Poets Cafe. Yes. And he was more, he was an artsy type. And he was like, you should go down to the New Eureka Poets Cafe. And I was like, oh, OK. And literally went two days later and fell in love. Mm-hmm. And what did
0: you see there? Like, what did you experience went, there?
2: There was a show called Rap Meets Poetry.
0: Perfect. It was, it perfect. was welcoming you. Yeah,
2: it was welcoming. And Bobito Garcia was a host. Mm-hmm. And I literally walked into an already made community for me. Mm-hmm. of poets and rappers or like ex-rappers. No, they were real rappers, but they were like, some were just like me who were like, I rap, but I'm too deep for rap. You right, know? right, 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 exactly. I don't need music, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was me. I was like, I'm too deep for rap. <laughs> and um, and so when I started hitting that up, I mean, I, it was great because I worked at the hospital during the day and then I... Go down to Harlem to my boy, to our boy's crib where we used to hang out and smoke up and everything and mm-hmm. hang out there for a couple hours and then go down to, to the New Rican mm-hmm. and write a new poem on my way there. Mm-hmm. Do it and then write a new poem on my way back.
0: Yeah, it's like you it's know? like when you're going to Mike's as a comedian. Yes,
2: exactly. It, yeah. yeah. You know, for free. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just, I just got to get up on the stage.
0: Yeah, it's, you it's your, and it was your cheers bar.
2: Yeah, it, it was my cheers bar. I got It got to the point where I didn't, you know, they be like, oh, Mums is here, you know. I mm-hmm. didn't even have to sign up for the open mic. Mm-hmm. They signed me They up. rolled
0: out the red carpet yeah. for you. Like, That's oh, sweet. yeah.
2: You know, and it was, it was good. I did that for six years, and when I was in the midst of it, it felt like six months. Yeah. You know, it just was my everyday thing. It was... Yeah. Just a part of my life, and there was no money coming from it. You know, that's
0: what makes it so much more sacred. It
2: it sacred. The one, to the first time that money did come, you know, started to feel a little weird. It was like, oh, I'm getting paid to do this
0: now. Yeah, I feel like it's sort of like the. It's really close to the healing arts, where you know, if someone is going to you know, cleanse your chakras or like lead you in a guided meditation. And, you know, there needs to be some sort of energy exchange, but it feels weird accepting money or giving money oh, for yeah. something that is like a divine adjacent yes. thing. Yes. Yeah.
2: When I started going out on the road, like a few years later, I used to make a lot of money going out on the road, performing poetry mm-hmm. on the college circuit. Mm-hmm. And I hated it.
0: Why? Because well, they didn't hate, appreciate it? it
2: I, yeah. Well, one, I had... Once you start to get older and you're still on the college circuit, the college circuit looks like junior high school. Right. You know, and that's kind of what started to get on my nerves. But back in the midst of when I was doing it, I hated it because I just did the same poems over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, you fly into a city. You you go to the hotel, you sleep, they come and get you for this show. They take you and get you drunk afterwards. And then you got to be on the plane the next morning out. Mm-hmm. And I literally, I didn't write anything new. I just That's was exactly like,
0: what stand-ups yeah, do when they're on yeah. tour. Yep. And
2: yeah. It's, yeah, it's the same thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and I talked to stand-ups about it. Um, um, uh, Kurt Metzger,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: Kurt Metzger. Mm-hmm. They would t- I was on the, I was on the um, circuit with him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I hate this shit. You know, it's like, I hate it too. You but you, you, you think. Yeah, but you can't help it because the money is so. Good. Yes, you gotta I mean, to take it. Yeah, I made. I would have ten shows, ten to twelve shows in February alone for Black History Month. Yeah. And then another six or seven for Poetry Month. You know, and that was my two months, and mm-hmm. I did it, and then the rest of the year was me. Mm-hmm. But like, ah, oh, but you know, and then I just had to stop. I just couldn't do it anymore. Well, yeah. I got. I got. I kind of got priced out of it mm-hmm. because of deaf poetry, mm-hmm. you know, the deaf poets were undercutting me like by far, but none of them had as much poetry as that. I, Cause I, I could still do, I could do an hour and 20 minutes set Wow. Of just poetry. That's Jeez.
0: huge. Yeah. Did you ever compile that? Is it written down somewhere?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, there have been plenty of attempts at publishing a book. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, you know, I, I just don't trust my, my words. You know what I mean? On paper. I don't trust people reading my words without my own inflection. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, fair like,
0: it built into your poetry is this performance yes. aspect of it.
2: It's a, I'm a performance artist. I'm a performance poet. So there have been a bunch of attempts at, an, at a book. But um, I've never really followed all the way through. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. When well, the we'll time see what the is new, right, yeah, we'll see what yeah, the new it year will looks be. like. So yeah. Like as a, as a poet who you've been working for many years,
1: there's always a the thing with comics where if we if they look at their specials from like a year back, a year or two back, they're like, oh, that's garbage. Oh yeah, is that how you, you feel, feel the too same? About this, oh, yeah, this sort of thing
2: too? there are poems that people will never see again. There are still po- there. I have poetry. That nobody has ever seen and nobody ever will see.
0: But that's, I mean, that's and, good. I think it's yeah. good to keep some for yourself. Yeah. Like I, I I now have become so obsessed with like social media marketing and branding and stuff that I, I don't even have anything that I've written yeah. that is just for me. So I think that's important.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I also, I also have like my, I have like stacks and s- stacks of these little books that I used to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to write my poetry, and you kept I, them all. i kept them all, and I every now and again I'll pick one up and read through, it. I go, oh, God, <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Yeah, well, it's next time so you do the show,
0: you got to read something <laughs> from that. That's the point. Please,
2: I'll, I'll send, I'll send you an audio file, okay. of me reading something from out of there. Awesome. Ugh. Oh, please do that. Please,
0: that's that's Ugh. the that's the jam. But it's yeah.
2: so bad.
0: <laughs> no, but no, that's I, it. That's like the shame
1: of of going through it, and then. When you go past the embarrassment oh I did this as a yeah. different person, yeah. You start to realize that who you were again and yeah. you're like,
2: Oh, that's why But yeah. then you
0: can see how far that's, how much you've grown and stuff and This is
2: true, this is true. I mean some of my raps are in there. I oh remember there good, was, oh, good. there was one song in there called Rusty Razor Blades. <laughs>
1: Nice. Turn know. up the drama. Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, it was all about, you know, because I went through the hardcore rap, the you know, the gangster rap phase. Yeah. So I, I wrote rusty razor blades and then I looked at it and was like, that's not me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you to try on the mask on yeah. for size. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to get so I always give my guests a gift uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the show. And it's usually some artifact from uh, my, my youth from because my childhood bedroom is still where it is because my parents never moved out of there. So I have tons of stuff. But uh, given that you are a poet and in the in the interest of like sharing embarrassing poetry, um, I have a copy of uh, a a poem for you, which is the first one that I wrote in this destroyed composition notebook. Oh, there's no title. Can I read it? You can read it if you want. Yes. I I wrote that in 95, probably when I was uh, 12 or probably 12, 12. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You're just telling everybody how old you are.
0: No, listen. Isn't that
2: 22 years ago?
0: I, I'm 34 now. Yeah. 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 Mm. I know, but I'm like, if they know that I was younger, then they won't judge me as much for it. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> yeah. If I could be anything, anything in the world or solar system or universe, it would be nothing. Just for a short period of time, just to know what it's like. To just sit and not be, unable to see or hear or feel, to just sit in blank nothingness, even for just a second, just to find out. That's deep. That's for you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you for reading Thank it. Thank That kind of sounds so much less corny coming <laughs> out of your mouth than out of mine. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a performance poet. <laughs> yeah. okay.
0: Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. that's great. Wonderful. Listen. Thank you for oh, me. my God. I'm um, so happy that you did this. And, guys, if you're listening, please ch- catch a Sucker MC uh, at the National Black Theater in New York, April 26th to April 30th, 2017. Moms, thank you for sitting in the bitch uh, seat. Thank you,
2: Moms. In the bitch seat. And, that's uh, right.
0: For the rest of you guys, you know what the deal is treasure, treasure what, what got, got, you got you here. here. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies,
1: and... Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an
0: episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet.
1: And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes.
0: Hello, I'm Exposition.
1: Hey, let me, let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas.
0: Two feather boas, one I, set of angel wings.
1: It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Uh oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening?
0: Haddonfield's first burlesque. <laughs> burlesque club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the lacy Pumpkin. The ooh.